Hello and welcome to the Unorganized and Lost podcast. I am Michelle and I am your host. We're here to prove that you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Today, I am so excited because I have not only a good friend, but I'm also kind of a fangirl for her. We have Nikki B on the podcast today. I was so excited. Uh, first of all, that you just said you're a fangirl of mine, but I mean, good good friends, best friends. That's more of a, a better title than <laughs> yeah, fangirl. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Very supportive friend. Here yes, we go. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just happen to follow you on everything anyways. Okay. So I would like you to give an elevator pitch okay. of who Nikki B is. Oh my gosh, who is Nikki B? Well, first and foremost, I am a new mama. That is my number one title right now. Um, new best friend, Bowen. Mm-hmm, to, yeah, Bowen, my little sweet angel baby boy. Um, I'm a wife. Uh, yeah, so I'm a mother, wife. Those are first and foremost. And then um, I am a Golf Channel correspondent. Um, I'm a real estate agent, most currently. Um, and what else am I? I'm just a plethora of things, Michelle. I cannot sit still. So I basically have done anything and everything under the sun and I'm a okay with it. I'm not your typical Monday through Friday, nine to five gal. I tried it for a year out of college and said, screw this. This ain't for me. Um, so I've basically done everything. My goal was to work for the golf channel. I accomplished that. Um, pretty quickly out of college and um but yeah and you know more recently my life's kind of taken a little bit of a turn we have the pandemic hit and I got pregnant all in 2020 which was just crazy and so that's why I ended up getting my real estate license so now I'm kind of balancing both being an on-air host and correspondent um for the golf channel as well as a real estate agent and a mom and a mom oh so exciting it was so funny when I was thinking about when I was planning doing this podcast with you I was like okay most people have a title mm-hmm. and I was like, you can't give Nikki B a title. She's Nikki B. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's I Nikki B. I don't have a title. And I'm like, I love it. Cause you, there's never anything you can't tackle. Oh, you have thanks. so many cool things that you've done in your life. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. Ever since I was little, like I've always wanted to do everything and try everything and I can't stick to one thing, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, the good thing is I'm not afraid to try new things, but then I also just, I really don't stick to one thing, um, for very long, or I don't stick to one thing at a time. Like I just can't sit still. Um, so I definitely don't have a title, still don't know what to call myself. Uh, so yeah, Nikki B is just a great title. I love it. (laughs) So what's really cool. So I feel like a lot of people, what they know you for is golf. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to dive in on how you got into golf and you obviously are, you're a golfer, not only just Mm -hmm. someone who speaks on golf, but you're a golfer and you can kick most of the boys, butt, and Mm -hmm. that's probably the coolest part. Let's be real. It's all that matters. Competitive people, <laughs> as long as you can, you can beat others, then you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I feel like we have so much to dive into, but let's, let's start there. How did you get mm-hmm. into golf? Yeah. I mean, yeah. With being competitive, taking their money, that's the best, <laughs> that's the best part, especially when you beat all the boys. Um, but yeah, so I got into golf, um, kind of through my dad. My dad has always been an avid golfer his whole life. He played in high school, should have gone on to play in college, but he didn't. He chose not to. Um, and I think that was like the biggest regret of his life. So I was probably about 11 years old and I was not 
playing golf like competitively at this point I had like dabbled in it before taken some summer camps but I was just like ugh, golf like that's daddy sport like that's like an old man sport because every time I went out to the golf course with him it was always you know daddy and his friends like it was and that age it was yeah it wasn't cool like it is now. no exactly especially yeah back then in what the late 90s like or early 2000s like it, the and especially because like the fashion like was not cute and so like all the women that I saw on the golf course were like older like it wasn't I mean there were young junior golfers but I just didn't have really any role models to look up to in the golf space until my dad brought me to an LPGA event which is the like women's professional association so he brought me to an LPGA event um that was kind of local to us and I met this girl Natalie Gulpis and she was also from the Sacramento area where I grew up and I just took a fascination to her. She was so nice, so kind. And I remember, you know, my dad and I were trying to, he tried to take a picture back then. It was like those digital cameras, like yeah. the, you know, mm -hmm. the old cameras we all used to have and it didn't come out the first time. So we had to go back and ask her for another one. And she was so nice about it. Totally took the time to like take another photo with me. Um, and she was, you know, like a young blonde girl dressed super cute. And I was like, Oh, like, there are like young golfers, like, Oh, like golf fashion. Like you can look cute on the golf course. And so that kind of sparked my interest. And so from there I decided to start playing and it was like the summer before eighth, like going into eighth grade, I was able to play with the high school girls. So the high school girls team, and that's what hooked me, like being able to go out there every single day with them, with the older girls. Like yeah. I felt so cool. Uh, and I learned so much from them. So just being able to like have that summer with them and get better. And then all that year, my eighth grade year, I like worked so hard, um, went out to the golf course almost every single day and got pretty good, pretty quickly. Of course, my dad was on cloud nine. Um, and then I ended up going into high school and made the varsity team and yeah, played all four years. I got a scholarship to Sacramento state and played on the team all four years there. And it was like the best four years of my life. I'm so happy. I played golf in college. Um, I wasn't definitely wasn't like the best on the team. Um, but just, you know, having teammates, having those memories, getting to travel to golf tournaments was one of the coolest things. Um, and just, yeah, being a part of like an athletics program in college and getting some of your school paid for was really awesome. Um, and so yeah, did that all four years. And because I wasn't like number one on the team and like winning tournaments left and right, I kind of knew like, okay, if I want to turn pro, it's going to be a lot of work for me. So I, and I loved golf, but I didn't necessarily loved, like, I didn't love the competitive aspect of it mm -hmm. because tournaments would just give me the worst anxiety. Like yeah. I, it was just so hard. I wanted to enjoy golf and just be able to play and not stress about it. Yeah. Um, and I also always had a love for like camera work. So being on camera, um, performing, I did like musical theater before I started golf and I always, you know, I always kind of had that vision in the back of my head that I would like go to LA and become like some superstar or whatever. Um, but I decided to kind of combine the two. And I was like, what if I worked like in golf media? Cause I always had a fascination for watching the golf channel or even watching like the local news, but I would always focus on like what the reporters were doing versus what was actually happening. You know, what like the golfers were doing. So, um, yeah. So I decided that that was my goal. And, um, you know, I kind of was able to make it happen some years later. That's so exciting. Yeah. So what's really cool about 
um, what you just explained too, is the fact that you had the realization that you weren't as good as you wanted to be, or Mm -hmm. even the realization of you love golf, but understanding what you loved about it Mm -hmm. and like keeping the, um, exactly what you loved about it and keeping the genuine love of it and the game still alive. Because sometimes I think that's the hardest thing in life too, is like knowing you like something. So for example, I love boating. I love going Mm -hmm. on the lake every day with my friends. And a lot of people said, Oh my gosh, why don't you become a driver and like take people out on Mm -hmm. the lake all the time? Like that'd be the dream job for you. And I said, absolutely not. That's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) And it's very scary because like, that's a very big safety risk to take people on the lake like Mm -hmm. that. And so I realized that that was not something I wanted to do because there's a, it's, it's a different level of responsibility. And I liked it as an escapism with my mm-hmm. friends as we go on the lake every summer. And that's more of what I loved about it. So having that understanding of like the game was what was special to you and really honing in on that, but realizing that you could broadcast and do media with it mm-hmm. is so exciting. Cause I feel like that's something that takes years for people to realize. And luckily you didn't go after like going on the LPGA Mm -hmm. and then realize later like, Oh dang it. Like, and maybe even losing the love for it. I think that's, what's the hardest part is focusing too much on the wrong thing. And then all of a sudden you lose the love and passion for something that Mm -hmm. really was a fun, either hobby or just loved in a different way. For sure. Yeah. I think that was, it was kind of a big realization. And honestly, a lot of it too was all thanks to my coach. Like he kind of brought me into his office one day and he said, look, Nick, like let's, let's be real here you're, you're probably not going to go play professionally. Like he can, and it was kind of harsh at the time. I remember like going back to my dorm room and I was like, wow, I was like, that was really harsh and kind of mean. But looking back, I'm so happy he said that because it saved me so many years probably of torturing myself, grinding on the (laughs) golf course and also losing the love of the game. Like I, for sure, if I tried to make it professionally, I for sure would have gotten burnout and I probably would have hated golf now. And I would not be where I am today at all. If I decided to go the professional route, um, So yeah, like I think for me, the reason why I love golf so much is like, it's a social game. You know, I can play with anybody I can play, especially it's something that my dad and I share, um, together. And I think, yeah, if I would have played professionally, I would have for sure lost that love for it. And honestly, I'm probably better now than I was back in college because there's no pressure. Like I'm not putting pressure on myself to perform well. Like I'm just going out and having fun and not really worrying about what my swing looks like or you know, if there's a hazard somewhere on the golf course or there's, you know, water, like I'm not worried about those things. I just get up and hit it. And I honestly play so much better now than I did in college. I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a golfer whatsoever. <laughs> I'm happy if I hit the ball, so I can't even imagine. So one thing that you did, and I know that this was one of your dreams growing up was to be on a TV show called the big break. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really watch it growing up because I wasn't as into golf, but, um, I know that it was something that you had always strived into. Cause it's like, wait, media golf. Okay, great. And then they canceled the show, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So Can you explain what happened next? Because Mm -hmm. your big dream with the big break. Yeah. So in college, I would watch this show, the big break religiously. It's basically like, um, I don't know what to compare it to, but they would bring in a bunch of aspiring, um, golfers who were trying to make it professionally on tour. They had seasons with just men. They had seasons with women. And then they had seasons with both men and women that would like go together in teams. And at the end of it, they, uh, if you won, you got, uh, I think it, a couple exemptions on either the LPGA or PGA tour. Um, and then, you know, I think some sponsorships or whatever. I didn't and, realize that. That's cool. Yeah. So I didn't realize it was tied to the, yeah. The 
tournament. Yeah. So, cool. so I was like, oh my gosh, like I am good. Since I'm not good enough to probably get into a professional event by myself, I was like, okay, like that is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, hey, and if worse comes to worse, like it, if I get on and I don't win, then maybe I'll have an opportunity to work for the golf channel. Cause a lot of girls back then, like that's how they were able to get some hosting gigs on the golf channel. Like they would go on big break first and that's how they got discovered. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect plan. Once I graduate, like I am in, like this is, I'm applying right when I graduate. And I think I even applied before I graduated and said like, Hey, I'm graduating in, you know, 2015 of May of 2015, you know, I'll be ready to go once I'm done with school. Um, and with NCAA rules, it's, I had to wait until after I graduated because if you accept any money, then you can't be an, you can't, uh, keep your amateur status. So that's why I had to wait until after I graduated. And of course too, I wanted to like finish out all my years in school. So I was like ready to do it. And then my junior year, they not necessarily canceled, but like they put the show on hold. I mean, now it's, that was in probably 2014 it's 2021 now and the show still has not come back what the heck golf channel everyone wants it back (laughs) um so yeah so I was so bummed and I was like oh my gosh there goes like my quote-unquote big break I'm like well what am I gonna do now like how am I gonna get in front of golf channel like I don't know so I was just so like, not stressed, but I was like, this stinks like that. I really wanted my to coach told me I'm not good at golf. Right? This is going to be my big break. It and now it's gone. Big break. And I was, I wanted to be on that show so bad. It was kind of like in my eyes, like the bachelor of golf. So I was just thinking about that. I was honestly, like, honestly, oh. and, and if you know me, you know, I love the bachelor. So, um, yeah, so that was pretty sad when that got canceled, but I was like, you know what? Okay. Like what's plan B let's figure it out. And so I applied to every single internship and job and you name it that I could find on not just NBC, which is, uh, which owns the golf channel, but like NBC, ESPN, CBS, like everywhere, every network you can imagine. I applied, didn't get a single thing, no email back, no call, nothing. And I was like, okay, well, like what's plan C let's figure that out now. And so before I graduated in my senior year, um, I decided to start a blog and start doing like YouTube reviews. So doing golf, uh, golf reviews on just different golf products and golf equipment, because I was like, you know what, if no one's going to give me the opportunity, like I have to give myself the opportunity. And that was when social media kind of, um, it had already been a thing, but that's when it like really was propelling the whole like influencers, YouTubers, like that's becoming more business. Yes. Becoming more business than just like a fun thing that people, you know, would post pictures of their cats or something like that, which people still do. But, um, yeah, it was becoming more of a business like stream or business venture for people. So I decided to do that. Um, and it was in partnership with the uh, store that my dad's been a manager at for years now, I fit golf. And we just reviewed golf product and I was kind of like the star host of it all. Um, and that's how it all started. And I just, from there, like networked like crazy. And I, you know, I still worked like a, you know, normal jobs here and there, but because of doing that, um, that led me to going to this thing called, uh, the PGA show in Orlando. And that was when I got a meeting with people from golf channel. And in my head, I was like, this is it. 
this is my big break. And I just knew, like, I had a feeling I was like, the stars are aligning. Like, this is it. And I met with, um, uh, two people from there. And honestly, I still have a great relationship with them to this day. Um, and I, we just, me and another gal who funny enough, she was on the big break and she was working for golf channel oh, kind of, yeah. Managing their like social and digital, uh, platforms but I um just her and I really like jived well together got along great and um you know they would keep me in mind for different things that they were doing kind of more on the social side so I would work campaigns for them on the back end I did that for like a whole year nothing forward facing nothing on camera I did all this like back end work for them but a year later after after doing that she ends up calling me and she's like hey she was like we have a new show coming. It's a show based at Top Golf, like a Top Golf competition show. Do you have any? We're gonna film. Um, I think in February. Do you have any interest being on it? And I said, Yes, sign me up. I don't care. Like, just tell me when and where, and I will be there. Like, count me in. And so she was like, Really okay. quick, explain what Top Golf is if anyone doesn't know. Oh, so Top Golf is basically basically like bowling for golf. I guess you could. That's a good kind yeah, of describe it. So. Yeah. They have, um, it's usually, it's like a fake driving range. I know golfers yeah. hate when you call it a driving range cause that's not what it is, uh, but when mind. you're not a golfer, yeah. it's like bowling for golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, basically a triple, uh, tiered driving range. So there's three levels and it's kind of like bowling for golf in the sense that it's not just like golf it's they have food and they have like servers that come to your table and great food there yeah oh my gosh their food's the delicious drinks. and like all the drinks they have a full bar like you could even go there and just like eat and hang out um they have also like they do have games and stuff um too i oh, really yeah i've never played the games i just go for the golf oh so. there you go but they do have <laughs> games in within the golf so like do. you can play against each other and mm -hmm. it's like if you get certain points and right. certain things right I'm never good at it I yeah. just kind of hit it but. yeah so they have like a computer screen at each bay so kind of like at the bowling alley there's you know lanes at top golf they have like a hitting what they call a hitting bay and at each hitting bay they have a screen and like you said that you can play against each other um and there's like targets that you have to hit in and if you get it in the target you get points um but it's really really fun um if you haven't been to a top golf you should definitely go because it's amazing Yes. Uh, okay. So go yeah. back to shop makers. I just wanted to make sure someone didn't know what that yeah. was. And they know. Um, so basically, yeah, it was a top golf based competition show. We ended up filming it. Um, it, we were there for a week in Vegas in February and I, it was, we were in teams. So we were paired up with people and, uh, so it was like a male, female teams. I didn't meet my partner before the event. Um, uh, I don't think really anybody did. There was nine teams total. So 18 of us total competing. And, um, my partner was from the UK. So I did, you know, I, I was not going to meet him before getting to Vegas unless I wanted to fly to the UK or he wanted to come you to had California. You a couple friends in there too, though, that were competing, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I knew most majority of the girls that were competing, um, not really a lot of the guys, but, um, so it was kind of cool, like going into it with some of my friends. I wasn't just like going into it alone without knowing anyone. Um, but yeah. And what's funny is like on paper, I was probably like the worst person there like most of the girls if not all of them had played professionally before so oh, like wow. on paper i was the least experienced person um and which was kind of crazy so like me and my partner and he had never played professionally either so we were both like we were probably the underdogs like 
nobody probably like thought we were going to be any good whatsoever. But I just knew I was like, this is going to be my big break. And I, I just had this feeling. I just had a really good feeling about it. So I like totally messaged my partner, um, ahead of time, made sure we like established a really good relationship before meeting. When we met, it felt like we had known each other for years and we just jived so well. And I just remember like our strategy was just to get points, like just to move on to the next round. Like we we're not going to do anything too risky. Like we're just going to stay steady and like hit the shots. We know we can hit like, don't do this when, you know, try and go for it. BS. Um, like just, unless we really needed to, unless it like came down to the wire, but we were like, all you got to do is like, just get to the next round. And so we ended up winning shot makers, which was freaking amazing. Because like I said, we were totally the underdogs. I don't think anyone expected us to win. Like nobody, if they, if they put bets on this, nobody would have put a wager on us. Let me tell you. So, uh, we ended up winning and it was like one of the coolest things that I've ever been a part of. Um, and I still can't believe I won to this day. And it was also in front of a live audience every single night. So like, not so talk about, and I mentioned like, I do not do well under pressure in like competitive golf. And this was also in front of a live studio audience. So how I pulled this off. It was off, also in the middle of the night, right? Oh yeah. I forgot to mention that <laughs> we started filming at like 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. Didn't get done until like three, four, five in the morning. So the night that I ended up, um, winning the night that we won, we pulled an all nighter. They convinced me to pull an all nighter because we wrapped up, I think at like 4am and they were like, you're flying. You have to leave at 9am to fly out anyway. Like just stay up. And I was like, you guys, I'm so exhausted. Let me go to bed. They're like, no, we're staying up and you're celebrating. And I was like, F this. So I stayed up and I have a picture of me just like lying with my head in my arms <laughs> at breakfast. And people probably thought we, you know, had like a rager, like night out in oh, Vegas yeah. the night before. And in reality, I'm like, little do these people know I just won $25,000 last night, you know, like playing in a, uh, in a top and golf. not from slots, yeah, not from <laughs> slots, but at, uh, in a reality competition show. But so yeah. what's great about that is that you went to Vegas and you didn't mm -hmm. tell us why, obviously you're not allowed to. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so being on the, like the friend end of it was pretty funny mm -hmm. because we, like, we knew you went to Vegas. You couldn't tell us why. Finally, they announced shot makers mm -hmm. and you get to tell us what you're doing mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to tell us how far you go. Mm -hmm. So it's even funnier to watch that side of things and be like the friends on a reality show because we got to go to the, um, we went and did the live, um, oh, yeah, the, showing mm -hmm. at Top Golf with mm -hmm. you and, I'm not going to lie. I feel like you played it down and a lot of our friends are just kind of punks. And so I was like, ah, she's going to lose. She's not going to make it very far. And so we're like, why are we even going to watch this? No, I'm just kidding. That's not what they said, but some of them probably did. It's fine. They probably did. Yeah. Some of our <laughs> friends are punks anyways. So I think the funniest part about it was every single week we're watching and we're like, she made it again. And our, you know, our family's involved. Like we're so excited just watching Nikki B get farther and farther. And then the finale was when we were at stagecoach mm -hmm. and Oh my God. I think that stagecoach story was like the definition of unorganized and lost and hustle because oh, yeah, we're I forgot so, about that day. Yeah. So for those who don't know what stagecoach Wait, is side note though, do you remember? I also, um, would wake up, we were there for like a week basically. Yeah. And before the finale, which was on Sunday, Saturday, it was on, it was on Monday. Oh, it was on a Monday. It was right after the, yeah, the yeah. concert. So before that, so leading up to uh, like leading up to the finale on Monday, I was also waking up at uh, like 
at six or seven in the morning six or seven in the morning to do a like video interview with the golf channel people in the studio back home and I was like calling in doing FaceTime on my phone after like a night of partying at Stagecoach and you can explain what Stagecoach is yeah but and- I, I was so funny because she never complained. She never said anything. Like you barely even noticed that she was working while doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think the funniest thing, so Stagecoach is a now three, well was, I guess they haven't had it in a little bit because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, but a three day long concert, same place as Coachella. That's mm-hmm. what people have heard of, but it's a country concert. Mm-hmm. And, and our friends- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but we always go for like the whole week. <laughs> yeah. And so our friends, as we're getting older, realize it's a lot more fun if you go early and, mm-hmm. you know, hang at the pool mm-hmm. and hang at a house for longer. And so we usually left- Monday morning mm-hmm. because we had kid jobs where we couldn't really mm-hmm. leave later. But then we decided, okay, we have the shot makers and finale mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, why don't we just stay? So there was a big group of us that stayed yeah. behind and stayed for the Monday finale. Mm-hmm. And the craziest thing about this. So again, we're, we're partying all night. Like mm-hmm. we are, and not even just drinking, just up late hanging just out the for the concert. Yeah. yeah. And every morning, everyone's still asleep. Nikki B's doing her interview in the corner with Golf Channel and different yeah. people promoting I the like last finale. Walk out of the house and like go in the little courtyard area, and I'm like, I hope I look good enough for this. <laughs> and then, do you remember leaving on Monday? Yes. You drove all the way to San Diego from Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. So and back. I also. Ha- Oh my gosh. I totally forgot. I did this. I had to drive. I left at probably 6am on Monday morning. So we're I all was, still asleep. <laughs> I was running on probably four hours of sleep. If I was lucky, I drove all the way to San Diego, which by the way, though, that drive, I forget what they call it. There's a name for it, but that, Oh, um, but I think it's palms to palms to pines. I think it's called palms to pines. The I like, don't know. but I it, did used to drive it though. When I was, yeah, to it like winds through these mountains, this like, Oh canyon. yeah. It is beautiful. So I was driving by myself and the sun was rising and I was like, okay, although this sucks right now, this is actually one of the most beautiful drives I've ever done. And once you get to the top of this like canyon or this mountain, you get to see all of Palm Springs and the desert and it's so cool. So, I mean, that was a little, I mean, that was cool to do that, but not necessarily at six in the morning, but yeah, I got to San Diego. I had to do this like one day tournament event with Adidas. I went to Adidas's Adidas golf's headquarters in Carlsbad, um, met with their like designers and everything. And this kind of kicked off my Adidas ambassadorship. So I like had to go. Um, and it was great. It was an awesome day, but then they wanted me to stay and they're like, why don't you watch the shot makers finale here? And I'm like, Mm. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I really want to enjoy it. Like with my husband. Cause they're probably thinking like, uh, she didn't win. Like yeah. just like hang out oh, with yeah. us and like stay and have a few drinks and whatever. And I'm like, Oh, but my husband and all my friends, was he my husband then? No, no, my fiance. You guys married yet. Yeah. I was like mm, my fiance and like all my friends, they're like, but- I don't think you were engaged. Really? That was a while ago. I think, no, I was. You I were was. engaged as stagecoach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was. Because I remember during Shotmakers, I, yeah, I was engaged because I said, this money's going to go toward my wedding. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, but I ended up saying like, I really, I'm so sorry I can't stay. I would really love to stay, but I got to go. So I literally had to book it. Like, do you remember? Yes. I showed up when it was starting. Yes. I almost like missed, I think I even missed the first few minutes. Yeah. But I was booking it to yeah. get back in All time to just enjoy it with you almost napping on but, the couch yeah, but, but we I, got balloons i know and- but i showed up and there was balloons everywhere you guys got a cake like you guys did the whole thing did it even say congrats on it 
or no no i don't think tom told anybody oh yeah so tom didn't know either yeah yeah tom <laughs> didn't know i did not tell him i did not tell my parents so i Nobody didn't tell anybody knew. i didn't know though yeah that was actually pretty fun because we just didn't know at all yeah i just kind of and i kind of liked the ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. thing where it was like really got to enjoy it and yeah. all of us kind of went bananas mm-hmm. but it was really fun because then i was able to come back hang out with you guys and then yeah enjoy enjoy that i won and finally everyone and that was like four or five months later right yeah so we filmed it in february and then it aired and oh in april Mm -hmm. stagecoach yeah but it was hard it was a hard secret to keep for like two and a half months yeah it's a lot of money and a lot of bragging rights Uh to keep to yourself yeah (laughs) i'm like yeah i was i was on the show it's no big deal i also want it it. yeah it's fine yeah people make fun of me and here i am Mm -hmm. winner Mm -hmm. i know i still have my shot maker shirt team warriors team warriors (laughs) the Um, best okay so after shot makers Mm -hmm. did that lead into obviously having more relationships with the golf channel yes and so um well before that though by the way i just want to note while i was trying to get my way on the golf channel i probably worked every single different job that you could possibly imagine. I had a Monday through Friday, nine to five property management job, and it was a cush job, let me tell you. I was making a pretty good hourly wage. I um, had a free apartment out of it at this like brand new community that was two years old. Um, So my, me being stupid, decided to leave that in order to pursue my dream. But it all worked out in the end. Um, You know, I worked like a kickboxing job at a gym. I was like a kickboxing trainer. I was an online personal stylist for a little bit, which by the way, I had to do also at Stagecoach and like put in my hours. And while everyone was like partying and hanging out, I was like on my computer, like putting, you know, styles together for people and uh, she never complained you never knew yeah, i we yeah you know yes so i did a tournament with you one time or recorded a video yeah, tournament mm-hmm. with you and you had to do that also when yep. we got home yep 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 so um lots of lots of side jobs and like little gigs here and there um but yeah i mean so once i won shot makers um that propelled my golf channel career so i think the cool thing about it is they kind of saw my work ethic on the back end because I said, you know, I did like campaigns for them, ran a lot of social media campaigns. Um, and I was not like a forward facing person. I was more of like a social media coordinator for them of sorts. And, um, I think from that they were like, okay, this girl has work ethic. She's loyal to us. She like lives, eats, sleeps, breathes this like golf channel brand. Um, and I kept, I always told them like my goal is to work for the golf channel, be on air for the golf channel. So after I won, Um, it actually took quite a while after that to get my first gig. Um, I shouldn't say quite a while, but so that it aired in April and then well, in your mind, it was going to happen the next day. Right. (laughs) In my mind, I was like, okay, they're going to call me tomorrow and be like, you did amazing. Now, do you want to come work for us? But I had to wait. I think, uh, it was July. So May, June. So it wasn't that long, but they called me and they said, was it only July? Yeah. So they called me. I know. Everything seems so long. But they called me and they're like, hey, um, we need a social media correspondent for the American Century Championship. And we know, which is in Tahoe. And we know you live like pretty close, like two hours away. Would you want to do that? And I said, heck freaking yes. And I was like, little do you guys know, I have been up to that tournament every year since I was 15. I know that event like the back of my hand. I was like, I am going to freaking crush this. 
So what do you know? I get up there and I studied my little butt off. I studied every single player up there as much as I could. I studied the tournament. I like everything. I learned everything I could about this event and I crushed it. Like they loved all the content we created from it. It was just an amazing, amazing experience. And I, and everyone, it was really cool too. It was like a full circle because, you know, people had seen me there when I was 15 years old, 16 years old, coming up with my dad and helping him while he was doing like, um, like putting clubs together for the celebrities on the driving range for, I think it was TaylorMade. Um, you know, so I was kind of like helping him and just like tagging along as a little high school girl. And then to see me go from that to like working for the golf channel, like everyone who had been there, like everyone that worked in the pro shop at Edgewood, everyone that worked for, um, the PR team there and like just other people I knew over the years, they were all like, so, excited to see me and it was just a really cool for full circle moment and then you got married there yeah and yeah oh, i also ended up getting married yeah so um yeah that was that tournament was in july and then i got married there in october um that, oh my gosh that i didn't realize that was the mm -hmm. same year so honestly 2018 was a really good year for me um that was a fun year it was a very great year like my career took off i got married um it was just an amazing year um but yeah so I did that. And then they didn't call me for a little bit. It was, well, I guess until September, I guess that wasn't that long again, but in my head, you guys, in my defense, I swear I was like, oh my gosh, do they like me? Do they like me? Do they like me? So I was like, okay, I guess they do. They want me to go to the Ryder cup in September, which was in France. And they were like, Hey, like if you want, I know it's super far. Like you can bring someone with you. And I'm like, heck and they pay yeah. For um, so they, I mean, they paid for my hotel, they oh, paid okay. for my flight. They didn't pay for my friend's flight. So, um, you know, I wanted to bring my dad, my dad can't fly uh, for very long. He just has like, he's scared of, you know, that, that long of, uh, airline flights. So he didn't come. Tom couldn't come with me cause he couldn't get off work. Tom's my husband. Um, and so I was like, okay. I was like, is it okay if I bring one of my best friends, Raquel, who my boss at the time had met before and like loved her. So she was like, oh my gosh, she's of a course. golfer too. Yeah. yeah. Cause she's a golfer too. She's like, you know, not like uh, she knew she would be professional. Yeah. Uh, so she was like, of course, like that, no problem. So we went to France together. It was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, the fact that I got to go to France and cover the Ryder cup and do their, like for what they call the first tee show. It was like an unbelievable experience. If you're not a golfer, the Ryder cup is basically, um, team USA versus team Europe and the best players, some of the best players, uh, from the U S U S and some of the best players from Europe compete against each other. And it gets rowdy like the crowds are just wild because of you know they're yeah. just rooting for whatever their, their whole country, country is. instead yeah. of just a player yeah yeah so and it it's like one of the only like team events yes or bigger mm -hmm. team events yeah. i guess in golf so it was a really cool experience um really fun but that's actually when there was a very long pause in between my next event. So at that point I wasn't like, um, I was just freelance for golf channel. I wasn't, um, a full-time employee. It was just like contracted out. And so that was in September. And then it kind of like golf season dies down a little bit. Um, and it picks back up in January, but so they didn't call me back it, until April of the next year. So that's 
October, November, December, January, February, March. That's seven months. Yeah. And, and I if was, you're trying to do this as a full-time job, that's a lot yeah. of months. So luckily I was able to get some like other gigs with other companies here and there, social media campaigns, going to other tournaments and covering uh, events for other companies, not other networks, but other brands. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what did I do at the Ryder Cup? And so I actually had a call uh, with one of the managers and she did tell me, she was like, Hey, she was like, I know like there, you know, she's like, I know we kind of got you, um, the press or like press kit late and everything. She's like, but some feedback that I have for you is like, you need to do your research. She's like, you need to come prepared. She, and she kind of gave me examples of other like on air people. And the, she's like, you can see like they have their notebooks, they have all their notes. Like they know their stats, like, you know, from like the back of their hand. And I just remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, I freaking blew it. Like I did not study enough. I did not come prepared enough. Like they're never going to hire me again. And I was devastated. Like I was so upset, but then luckily, uh, there was a college event in Santa Cruz, uh, that following April. And they asked me to be the social media correspondent for it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank the Lord. Like they're giving me another chance. And I was like, I'm going to prove it to them that I can do this. And so I studied again, my little butt off, like I did for the American century. And like I should have for the Ryder cup. Um, and I ended up crushing it. So I, I mean, it was very scary there for, uh, for a little while, but, um, you know, it was a huge lesson learned that like, even if, you know, you like, even if your company or whoever you're working for, like, doesn't prepare you, it's still on you. Like you still have to put in the work. You still have to do the research and you still need to do your job. So, um, yeah, luckily I was able to do that. And then that's, it kind of took off from there. I was able to do more college events. I was able to do the American century championship, um, some LPGA events and, um, yeah. And then I was able to, I was kind of more full time with golf channel in 2019 at that point. That's so cool. I think that's actually a great reminder for people too, is like to remember to not let your guard down too much Mm -hmm. and to always be prepared. Cause I think sometimes when we get too comfortable with things we kind of lose it I mean you know I was always the the person that would volunteer in a group project to Mm -hmm. speak and because I wasn't that scared of it and then you get up there and you're not prepared and you're like wow I'm not Mm -hmm. good at this because you didn't read it that much into the project and you're like wow I'm that guy in the group project now but um when you're not prepared no matter how good you are at public speaking Mm -hmm it's you're gonna you're gonna fail not fail but you're just not gonna do as well because people people really resonate with taking that time to learn about them Mm -hmm. I I remember with um max preps when we go to the tournament Mm -hmm. and everyone would get so excited if you knew their high school Mm -hmm. and it was like you know my high school Mm -hmm. and then they get so excited because you just knew a piece about them that not everybody knows you did a little bit of research even if you just know that little bit about someone and I think that's been a huge reminder for me as well is when someone asks for something and you're networking with someone if you don't know anything about them, why are you going up to them? Mm-hmm. Why are you acting like you're going to use something from them when you haven't even taken the time to look at their work, mm-hmm. right? They have a podcast or they have something they speak or they, you know, have a business or whatever. You're not even following them on social media or taking the time to look at their content. How are you going to ask them for something? And mm-hmm. I think that's such a huge reminder for people is that people want to take, 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 and they don't take the time to like listen or actually care. And I know some people will, you know, make an effort of going, oh, well, I shared your stuff. And it's like, do you know what I do? Like, mm-hmm. do you know anything about me? It's like, then why are you asking for help like that? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of, lot of people that want something right now. And I think that's the biggest thing with networking is listen, 
talk to people and learn more about them before trying to take and before you're trying to like take so much from people or even, you know, going for an interview, it's like taking that extra second to learn about the players in a way that isn't common knowledge Mm -hmm. and having that research is huge because people respect that people respect taking the time to learn more about them and actually knowing right what they're about and I had to do that it was even actually harder for me because I was kind of the main college correspondent for the social and digital um, part of golf channel and for college like it's a little it's not a little it's a lot more difficult to find out information about them Absolutely. versus the pros because yeah. there's just not it's just not out there like you not know many articles not many interviews right. like it's their social media right and what they decide to post yep so I had to do my own research and like you said find their social media and see like where they're from what they like um you know like just what their family dynamic is um or I had to go on and like just Google any article and find any article I could about them. Um, and a lot of them too, like it's funny with college golf, like there's some standout players, but one player could have an amazing round one tournament and it could just be out of nowhere. And like this person was kind of, yeah, yeah. it was kind of an underdog. So it actually was a lot more difficult, but I, it forced me and taught me how to like research and come prepared. Um, and so it was, I think it was really great. And I, I also love college too. I love, um, covering the college, uh, tour at the NCAAs because it's just, it's more fun. Nostalgic like, too. Yeah. It's nostalgic for me. And also they're just so much more energetic and so easygoing. Like they're so excited if you ask them to do an interview because you know, they're like young yeah. college kids. And so. it's, it's not normal for them. So right. it's exciting that it's their first interview. And right. Stuff. So yeah, the college, uh, the college aspect was fun of it, but yeah, but just like with coming prepared and like doing your research and networking, I mean, with that being said, like when I first started out, especially kind of as like a social media influencer of sorts, um, I don't like that term, but as like a social media influencer, you know, at first in the beginning, as I was building my brand, I would take anything and everything, like any free thing that someone would send me or any paid opportunity, I would take it. And, um, you know, or I would reach out to brands without really even like actually being a fan of them. And now I have learned like, okay, brands only want to work with you if you're a genuine fan of them from the get go. And so, and also now too, like, even if brands reach out to me and they want to send me a free product or they want even want to pay me, like I am very selective about who I work with now. Like I want to actually use the product, not just post about, you know, something just because I'm going to get something for free or I'm going to make money. I feel like that that helps build the trust though from your followers and like even your friends, because I know um, there's so many people that say they want you to share stuff and you're like, well, if I don't believe in your product, Mm -hmm. then now I'm just lying. And it gets to the point where like, if you share let's say five, two, three, even a certain amount of companies per day, Mm -hmm. different companies. First of all, your followers or friends or anybody are going to look at that and go, ah, it's just another thing she's doing. Skip, 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 skip. When you are very more selective about it and you're like actually passionate, people feel that and they Mm -hmm. see it and they see you using it and they, they see you wearing unorganized last gear. (laughs) And, um, I feel, I feel like it just has more power to it. And I feel like that's been a huge thing is that realizing like where to, where to give your power. Mm -hmm. And I think people, I mean, a lot of self-help things and things are always Mm -hmm. saying, um, cut out what's negative and keep the positive. And I think that's a, that's a good aspect in a lot of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And making sure that you cut out the BS and kind of be true to yourself. Um, because I mean, even cause I feel like networking is such a word that people throw around 
And I feel like there's so much more power in networking in a way that people don't understand. I feel like they misconstrue networking as I must talk to everybody in my realm 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And if I can't talk to the high person, like I just need to keep like almost like scratching my way to the top. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that's what networking is. Mm -hmm. I think it's literally whenever you have a conversation with someone, explain what you do. Mm -hmm. I actually had a friend in college who was looking for a new job and new career. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have a lot of people around me to network with. And I'm like, every time you're at a bar, every time you're at an event, anytime Mm -hmm. you're in line with someone, Mm -hmm. if you're doing an elevator pitch with someone, kind of explain what you do. Someone is going to be in your realm of work. Mm -hmm. And someone knows someone who knows someone. And let me tell you, if you're personable and you take the time to listen and talk to humans, that's networking. It's not, I have to go to the CEO of the biggest like clothing brand company and get all their information and figure Mm -hmm. out how to do it. It's talking to friends and family and figuring out what they like, what clothes do they wear? Like they're the market. Mm -hmm. So talk to, talk to people that aren't as high up as people might seem. I think people try too hard to go to the top and try to go for the fruit, like for the fluff and for Mm -hmm. the, um, the cool factor. And it's like, just talk to people. Right. And there are people around you that are negative. Maybe just don't hang out with them as Mm -hmm. much or like figure out what people are good for. I just did a talk today where we talked about how, uh, there's different people for different things. And I think that's a huge reminder because some people are like, if they don't support you, cut them out of your life. And I'm like, no one, not everybody needs to buy my clothing or listen to my podcast. Like my friends are my friends for other reasons. Like I have friends that go on the lake with, I have friends Mm -hmm. that I go camping with. I have friends for different things and different experiences. And I have friends that are entrepreneurs and I have friends that aren't and have zero interest in this kind of thing or don't listen to podcasts. And I think you're allowed to have different friends for different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge reminder for people. For sure. I mean, and like you said, I think networking ultimately just comes down to honestly, being a kind person, being open to talking to anybody and just building a relationship. And like you said, it could be anyone in line. Like you could be in line at Starbucks and you don't know who's behind you or in front of you. Like I just feel like in your daily interactions, networking is just being a good kind person to everyone you're around and just making, honestly making small talk with people because you never know what it's going to lead to. Absolutely. And, but not doing that. I mean, by saying like, you never know what's, what it's going to lead to. I don't doing it for that. Right. Not doing it for that. But, um, I just feel like, yeah, being a good person and just like being kind to people and just talking because you're a friendly person, you know? Um, but yeah, I think networking is more so it's, well, it should be about building relationships, long lasting relationships, not just about who can help me get to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's like such a huge message for people because again, networking is such a different thing I think than people expect it to be. Mm -hmm. And actually I'm having Emily on here later, but, um, she always said that I'm going to butcher it now that I say that out loud, but (laughs) it's luck is when opportunity meets um, preparation. Mm -hmm. Is that the right? It's something like that. Mm -hmm. And so basically a lot of people say, Oh, you're so lucky. And it's like, no, I worked my butt off for something. And Mm -hmm. let's say like, let's say you meet someone at Starbucks that is super into golf and maybe even works for golf channel. Mm -hmm. And there's some time like walking through town and you happen to say what you do and show them what you're doing just for fun. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I know someone who knows someone. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they want to, you know, they want to do that for you. And it's, 
not that you were like yes there it was a little bit of luck that you happened to be at starbucks at that time this by the way this isn't this didn't happen i'm just giving yeah. an example <laughs> but um all that work you did behind the mm -hmm. scenes is what got you there and i think that's a huge reminder also right. is i i dislike when someone well, says luck and it's, it's make your own luck yeah it's not luck it's you were prepared you put in the work and then the opportunity was presented to you and that's why it is seen as lucky yeah but it's just because you did put in the work and the opportunity presented itself yeah it's not like you dreamt about golf and then one day like someone walked in right. and was like here's a golf channel mm -hmm. you're gonna luckily mm -hmm. win a ch win an entire show yeah you I mean, played golf to get there right exactly <laughs> like yeah I mean I, I I like I said I wasn't the best golfer growing up but I had been playing since I was like 12 years old so I mean that's 12 years old and then I think I was on the show at 25 so I mean, that's 13 years. Yeah. yeah. That's 13 years of getting, you know, playing preparing, golf yeah. and preparing. So yeah, like that's what prepared me. Yeah. And I got, so I did the preparation, the 13 years of playing golf. And then I had the opportunity to be on the show. And like some people could be like, Oh, she, she just got lucky. No, like just because maybe I wasn't on paper as good as some of the other people on the show. I still put in the work. She also won. Yeah. So, so like whoops. that's, that's why I won, Yeah, definitely. you know, and that's why it was quote unquote lucky. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a huge thing too, is that, um, everyone is unorganized and lost and everyone is trying to figure it out, but calling people lucky just because they're successful doesn't, I think is wrong. I mm -hmm. mean, even if you're, I mean, given a silver spoon and you have a better life than other people, you could easily still be a drug drug mm -hmm. dealer. You could get into drugs and do things that are negative or bad or, um, you know, go down a spiral life mm -hmm. just because you had a good one at the beginning. I mean, yes, you're ahead. You're, you've, you have a head, like head start, but mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, there's people that you talk to that say that sometimes it's almost a negative mm -hmm. because you had nothing to, you had, didn't have to try. I mean, if you don't have parents that push you or have a family that pushes you or right. have a reason to try, then sometimes it's almost just sets you up for failure as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, yes, there, there are things that help you and there are things that get you lucky or get you, um, higher up than other people, but it's, you still got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, there are people, do not get me wrong, that probably got things handed to them and they right. are, you know, have a very good life because of that, but they could be unhappy in other ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's so interesting. Cause I was actually talking to someone recently about it and with my business, I probably could build it faster if I really wanted to, but friends and family mean more to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that forever, like they're going to be there. And so those relationships mean more. Mm -hmm. So if I have to take more time out of my work day to, or not, not my actual work day, but, mm -hmm. um, out of other time that I could be working on my business and spending time with friends and family, that is also the key because mm -hmm. that's kind of the key to happiness. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So you got now, you went and you became a radio host mm -hmm. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you, I, what's funny is I remember you actually dreaming of doing this yes. and then you got to fill in and I was like, again, fangirling, I'm telling you, <laughs> listening to the shows mm -hmm. whenever I could. Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, 2020 threw everyone for a loop. I'm pretty sure, um, put a kink in everyone's plans. Uh, for me, 2020 was definitely like a blessing in disguise. So um, March 15th, which was like the Sunday before everything shut down. Um, that's the day I found out I was pregnant and I didn't realize. That. Yeah. So I, we went to, brunch, we went to church with our friends, went to brunch. Um, and we were just kind of talking about like, 
wow, like what is like this whole coronavirus thing? Like this is nuts. Like, is it really this coming? This feels more real than we well, realized. We're, yeah, we're like, is it really here in the States? And I was also convinced that I actually had it back in February when I was traveling. Um, I'm, I still am almost 100% that I had it back in like end of January, early February of 2020. Um, but everyone was like, no, it's not here. Like, it's just over, like, it's not here yet. Well, guess what? I'm pretty it was sure here. it was here. Yeah. Um, but so I found out I was pregnant March 15th, everything shut down that like Monday, Tuesday after it was like the 16th and St. Patrick's day. Um, and so I was already working from home. <laughs> yeah. And so it was crazy. So immediately, like everyone had to start working from home. Um, my husband came, you know, was working from home. Um, and for me, it was kind of a blessing because one, it was easy for me to hide the pregnancy from family and friends. Cause we weren't yeah, out. Cause we couldn't go out yeah, and we drink and hang go, out. Yeah. So I didn't have to be like, Oh yeah, I'm not drinking right now, guys. Like oh liar. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was nice. Um, but also because obviously like the whole sports world, like shut down. Like, yeah. I don't know if you remember there was, I think I do. Cause I worked in sports. Well, yeah. Duh. <laughs> so like, but like the Kings game, like, yes, like everyone, I feel like we, I had a lot of friends that were actually going to that game. Yeah. And then like, just, um, golf happened. Was it the players? I think it was the players. Like it was so oh, yeah. weird. Basketball how, was the first thing that shut everything basketball down. Basketball was the first thing that shut down, but then they were trying to do the players. I think still that week. And at first, um, was it the players? I don't know. It was, it was some golf tournament. And, um, I remember they like, at first they were like, okay, uh, we're going to still keep playing, but like no fans. And then, oh, maybe we're going to only have this many fans. And then, and then they just shut like suspended play completely and like canceled the event. So they didn't even finish it. What's crazy is one of the teams said they weren't going to play or something. Mm -hmm. They like one of the teams canceled or something. Then all of a sudden every single basketball team was like, shoot, maybe we should. Mm -hmm. I know people I believe that were already in the arena to go to the Sacramento Kings game. Mm -hmm. And they literally kicked everybody out, which I feel like that's probably more unhealthy than just leaving them in there at that point. But yeah. yeah, And they canceled the entire game after fans were already inside of the arena, which is insane. It was a wild week for sports, but I just remember life. It's like, wait, what do you mean? Can I go go to the grocery store? Right. Everything. But I just remember I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, especially because that was your job. And I mean, I luckily kept mine, but yeah. Right. I was like, okay, I have to travel for work. So this is interesting. So my job was like basically taken away. Like there was no more travel. There was like nothing ever. And actually I was in, um, in progress of shooting. I had gotten halfway done with the amount of episodes we had to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, So I was on school of golf for golf channel. So I was filling in for Blair O'Neill, who was on maternity leave at that time. I had filmed four episodes in Orlando in the studio and then the pandemic hit. So then we had to finish it from home, which, um, was very interesting. Cause I just like shot it on my iPhone, which was fairly decent quality, but it was like on TV. That's um, crazy. But I mean, that's what happened to everyone. Like even, I feel like that helps so much that, you know, so much about media though. Yeah. But like morning. Sh- yeah. Cause I knew about good lighting yeah. and all that. And, um, but yeah, like morning shows even did that. Like, you know, the, the hosts were like from the reporters were like filming from, from their, their house yeah, too. Their, the kitchen. <laughs> it was just wild. But I just remember thinking like, you know, this is kind of a blessing to be pregnant right now because I get to just like enjoy this pregnancy and like not have to travel. And I was very blessed with a fairly easy pregnancy. I didn't have morning sickness or anything like that. I was very tired though, like exhausted. So I was just like, 
thank goodness like I actually do get to stay home and not have to try because well my, and having Tom still have his job too, yeah oh my gosh huge. yeah and like luckily we still had one income um but yeah being able to um just take like uh more so gigs from home that I could so yeah. I still made some money here and there um but it was it was a little rough but it was nice to be able to just enjoy my pregnancy and not have to travel because my travel schedule before that I was traveling probably like every other week at times and so I can imagine having to do that while being pregnant and not being able to tell anybody yeah and not being able to tell anybody either so yeah it was um 2020 was just a, a crazy year for that um but I also decided later in that year, uh, to get my real estate license. So I think it was in, even in April, um, is when April or around that time is when I started studying for it. So I started the schooling, um, doing, you know, did real estate school. And then I ended up getting my license, um, in October. I passed the test on my first try before you had Bowen too. Before, yes. So I was due November 30th. I took my test. I think it was like October 7th or October 8th, something like I remember that. That was your fear. Cause you're like, if I don't pass this, I'm going to have to have a child and then do this again. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my gosh, please pregnancy brain. Don't fail me now. <laughs> um, I studied my butt off. And so that again, it's like the whole thing about being prepared and doing your research and studying, like it paid off because I ended up passing my first try. And that is very rare. Like most people have to take it two, three, maybe more times to pass. And that, cause that was my biggest fear. I'm yeah. like, if I don't pass it in October, I'm probably not going to get rescheduled for. Well, especially with the pandemic, it was hard to get it. Right. Harder it was, to get in, right? Yeah. So I was like, I don't know when it's going to be rescheduled. What if it's rescheduled around my due date? What am I going to do? Like, so yeah, I ended up um, luckily passing it and it was kind of interesting timing because then I didn't really get to start. Um, I started a little bit you know, showing homes and everything. But then I, I had Bowen took some time off basically like the whole month of December, kind of into January. Um, but I just kind of, I eased into it. Um, because obviously, you know, I had a newborn and that it, it's kind of hard to juggle. Um, I definitely recommend for new moms to take as much time off as you possibly can take full advantage of that maternity leave, any PTO you have, any sick vacation days, whatever, because I think I personally now looking back, jumped into it way too quickly. And I oh, wish okay. I would have given myself grace and given myself more time. Um, granted, I know I'm someone who can't sit still. So I think it was good for me to kind of get out here and there, but at the same time, like you're sleep deprived, you're figuring out your new life. Like just enjoy it and just learn how to relax. Um, I mean, I do think for me because of the pandemic and I kind of just like was cooped up at home pregnant for nine months. Yeah. Um, that is why I wanted to like get back to work and get back in action. Yeah. I don't blame But me. I do, I do recommend like take as much time as you possibly can to like, let just your mind, body, soul, everything heal. Um, because I also being just the <laughs> smart person that I am, I decided to take on a radio gig, I think I was 12 weeks postpartum. So I had a three month old. Um, I decided to, uh, fill in again for someone on maternity leave, uh, for eight weeks. And it was a morning radio show local here, one Oh six, five, the end. And I love my wake up call family. Um, it was amazing. I think it was good for me to do because it forced me to get out of the house every day, be with other adults. I got to laugh with them every single day. But those hours were just awful. I had to wake up around 3.34 every day. Oh my goodness. And Especially I, as a mom when you're already not getting sleep. Yeah, because I had to be at the studio at 5. 
So that was a little rough, did not help my sleep deprivation, but I think it was good for me to do. And it was, I mean, great experience. I love doing radio. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I, like you said, like you had mentioned earlier, it was kind of a full circle moment again, because I had grown up listening to 106.5 the end. And I was always a huge fan of the wake up call. And I like kind of like would envision myself being on the radio one day. Um, and I was able to do it. So I think it was really cool. Um, you know, that I was able to actually make it happen. And I just feel like, I know this is so cliche, but like, whatever you put out in the universe, like will happen. If you put out negative stuff out into the universe, your life's probably going to be pretty crappy. But like, if you put out your dreams and like hopes and, and goals out there, and if you think positively about them and you talk positively about them and you like do the things you should do to get there, I swear to you, it will happen. So, cause that's, what's happened to me. That's what happened with golf channel. That's what happened with the wake up call on one six, five, the end, um, with real estate. I mean, even with real estate, like I always would, you know, watch HGTV. And then when Joanna Gaines came about, like, I just loved it. And I just would envision myself like as a real estate agent one day. And now here I am. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to take, take that as a good, uh, transition for mm-hmm. full circle for you. So in the beginning of this episode, if people are still listening mm-hmm. and, remember this Mm -hmm. so you said that natalie golbus Mm -hmm. was what got you into golf Mm -hmm. so i know this Mm because obviously i'm your friend but you got to interview her yeah Mm -hmm. years later yep so tell us tell us just to give us like a couple sentences on how cool or like a little short glimpse on how cool that was so basically um uh, natalie has been like an adidas ambassador her whole career pretty much and i luckily was able to become also an adidas ambassador and they knew kind of my um interaction with natalie when i was a young girl And so they had an idea like, Hey, like we want you to do a photo shoot with Natalie. And then like, you can interview her after for your podcast that we had at the time. Um, and so I was floored. And so I met her and it was just so cool. We did the photo shoot together and we clicked, we were like besties from the get go. And I ended up, you know, after the photo shoot was over, interviewed her after, and I showed her the photo of her and I, when I was 11 and however old she was at the time. And she was just, she was like, like she thought that it was so cool and she was just like wow like that's so awesome so for me it was just so cool to like you said it was full circle that like here I was meeting the person who got me into golf if it wasn't for her I would not be where I am today and then I got to interview her and like share that moment with her it was like it was priceless it was so cool I think that's also a good reminder too is like how much you can touch someone without realizing it oh yeah simplest like simplistic moment Mm -hmm. where she took an extra picture with you and like gave you that like memory and Mm -hmm. kind of inspired you by Mm -hmm. sometimes just what you're wearing isn't that kind of insane how sometimes fashion Mm -hmm. and just simple things can really inspire somebody and well I think it's like all about your this is gonna sound so hippy dippy when I say this but it's all about your presence and your aura and your vibe that you give off like you have like you said you have no idea who you're going to inspire or impact and that's why especially now like I'm very mindful of it when I'm like you know young junior golfers or even young girls or you know young boys too but like I really think about like the impact that I'm going to make especially on the younger generation 
but also, I mean, anyone in general. And that's why I try as hard as I can to be just a kind, vibrant, radiant person. Um, well, you do without trying, so that's good. Thank you. But because you never know who yeah. you're going to meet and you just never know like who's going to have a bad day and whose bad day you can turn around. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's so huge. And because I just remember those people in my life who have done it for me. Natalie Golpus is one of them. And there's been so many other people who have done that for me. So I, I just think it's so important to remember that you never know like whose life you're going to touch in the smallest, like you may do the smallest, simplest thing, but yeah. to them it's life changing. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any, I mean, you've given so much advice, but any other pieces of advice that you like to give to people or even like a favorite quote that you like to give? Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is just create your own path. That's always what I say. Um, and by saying create your own path, I just mean do whatever it is that feels right to you. Like you don't have to stick to one job. You don't have to stick to one career. You don't have to stick to one hobby. Like try everything, do what your heart desires. Don't listen to whatever other people have to say. And, you know, I know sometimes it's tough and people will bring up like finances or they have excuses for like why they can't go after their dreams. But honestly, it's, that's all it is. An excuse. Yeah. Like, I just think that whatever you put out in the universe, you will get back. And like, if you, if you work hard, like it will work out. And I know things are scary. You know, it's, it's hard leaving your cush nine to five job, yeah. but at the same time, like if you have a passion for it, if you work hard, you will figure it out. You will make it work. Like yeah. I had to work so many different jobs just to make ends meet, yeah. but I'm so happy I did. And yeah. I'm, you know, if, if you're not someone who likes to sit still, don't sit still yeah. and like, don't, don't let anyone else's opinions, like even your closest people to you, yeah. um, stop you from, stop doing you it. from doing what you want to do. Yeah. I think that's also a good reminder too, is that a nine to five isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes like a lot of, um, social media tries to say that, you know, do what you love, go mm -hmm. out, quit your nine to five job. And then there's people that are like, I like my benefits. Yeah. I like mm -hmm. working nine to five and mm -hmm. then going on the lake after not yeah. having to think twice about it. Totally. Because there's sometimes there's a lot of work in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the um, interesting people think that people don't talk about is like, there's always this yelling at people most of about what, what you need to do, mm -hmm. do what you want, wake up early. You're not hustling enough. It's like, I don't want to. Yeah. I just want to work from nine to five and then go to yeah. dinner with my friends. Totally. And, and that's not a bad thing. Well, and actually, oh, this is probably my favorite thing I've heard recently. So I know everyone's obsessed with Gary Vee and mm -hmm. he does a lot of, a lot of things. And some people take some of the things he says a little too much. Yeah. Too You're like, extreme. just, yeah, just, he's like, hustle, don't sleep. And so they're like, I'm not sleeping. And it's like, he didn't mean like that, mm -hmm. but okay. Um, but the best thing he said recently was if you're not complaining, you're winning. Mm -hmm. You're successful. And I was like, oh that. my goodness. I was mm -hmm. like, that is the best thing I've heard because I feel like that's kind of what unorganized and loss is about mm -hmm. is if you're not complaining, you're winning. Yeah. If you like your nine to five job and you're not complaining about it, you're winning. But if mm -hmm. you're complaining about something, fix it. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are trying to tell you what to do. Yeah. But if you're not complaining and you don't want to work out at nine eight or mm -hmm. six in the morning or four 30 in the morning, don't do it. Yeah. Uh, totally. I just have to work out in the morning. Otherwise I won't do I it. I mean, I was such a person who would like wake up early, go work out, do my morning routine, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, having a kid changed all that for me. I am on his schedule now. Yeah. And that kind of gave me the realization that like, you know what? It's okay if I don't like get everything done and like, you know, cross all my T's, dot all my I's. Like, 
do the whole morning routine BS. Like I, like you said, like as long as I am happy and I, you know, well, and sometimes the morning the routine is like, it was a good preparation for being a mom, right? right? Like you don't need, I feel like there's such a pressure for having mm-hmm. a certain morning routine. And I've realized that sometimes I have a morning routine or I have some of these things that mm-hmm. people talk about. I just don't think about it. Yeah. I just do it. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. I work out my two days a week or mm-hmm. whatever it is and yeah. do extra exercise wherever I can. But right. I think if I think bi- about it, I won't do it. Yeah. I just think the biggest thing is like, do whatever makes you happy, do whatever you love to do, follow your passions and whatever that may be. It doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. It doesn't have to be a nine to five. It could be anything like whatever it is, just do it. Like, don't hurt people. Yeah. Don't complain. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Be, be a kind person and don't complain. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikki B for being on here. So tell people where they can find you. Oh my gosh. Um, everywhere. Uh, so you can <laughs> find me, um, basically on all social medias, but mainly like Instagram, YouTube, sometimes Facebook, mainly Instagram. It's just at Nikki B golf. Um, my website is Nikki B golf.com. Um, also uh, that's, I think pretty much it. Awesome. I mean, on the golf channel from time to time. Yeah. Don't mind that. Mm -hmm. You can find me probably on Zillow somewhere. Ooh, there you go. Realtor.com. You know, (laughs) (laughs) um, so do you have anything upcoming right now that you are excited about or things that you're looking forward to i do have a new ambassadorship that i'm going to be announcing soon (gasps) that i'm excited about look out for that um also potentially some events coming up that i'm excited about that i can't talk about yet i love it um and i feel like it just intrigues people whenever they say that i know there's things that i can't talk about yet that i'm excited for that's awesome well look out for nikki b so that you can actually see what she's doing yeah Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicolette, for coming on. Sorry. Her real name is Nicolette. I know. And I always have such a heart. I literally was thinking about it today. I'm like, okay, Nikki B, Nikki B. Because sometimes I'll introduce her as Nikki B and people are like, I thought she was Nicolette. And then I, yeah, I'll do it both. Mm -hmm. So anyways, Nikki B Mm -hmm. for coming on the podcast. And thank you for listening to Unorganized and Lost, where we prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Make sure to subscribe and like the podcast even if you didn't like it. (laughs) But go like it. Yeah. Okay, bye.